Hello and welcome. This is Self-Control, How to Build a Better Life, the podcast that will inspire you to take control of your mind and your mindset to go forward and build the life that you want to live. Practical tips, thought patterns, questions to ask yourself, things to add to your self-work toolkit. Today's episode, I want to pick up where I left off last episode. I rolled out a three-step framework for overcoming bad habits, negative thinking, and I want to take each one of those steps and dedicate their own episode so that we can really break down for you how to make those steps work in your life, whatever that bad habit may be. And I thought what I would do is I would take those three steps and I would apply them to the idea of nutrition. How we eat, what we eat, why we eat, when we eat, all these things, we all have to reckon with them, we all have to grapple with them. Let's take that three-step process that I rolled out, let's apply it to nutrition, let's start eating better, let's start feeling better, let's go. All right, so just to recap that last episode, the three steps in that process to eliminate bad habits, to overcome negative thinking, Number one, cultivate awareness in your life. Number two, keep a record of your activity. And number three, apply mindfulness to your living. All right, so let's put those last two steps aside and start with number one, cultivating awareness. I wanna take this idea of awareness, apply it to nutrition, and that will allow you, I think, to really understand what it means to cultivate awareness, whether it's nutrition, or whether it's a bad habit that you need to overcome, whether it's something that you'd like to just understand yourself a little bit more in some area of your life, we can use the following to start to make that happen. So I should say that I'm gonna speak only in the terms of my own nutrition, how I eat, how I have eaten throughout my whole life. I cannot tell you what to put into your body. I cannot tell you what not to put in your body. I can't tell you how to eat. That is something that, Many, many people have made millions of dollars doing. I'm not interested in that. You need to, I believe, to get the personalized results that you seek, you need to at least begin to do a lot of research for yourself. You need to understand. You need to guess and check. You need to trial and error on yourself. You know, perhaps you might have to do some one-on-one coaching, get personalized solutions, but me as a podcaster cannot give a blanket solution on your nutrition. Do not feel any form of judgment or any... um, you know, that I'm instructing you to eat a certain way. This is simply a way to begin a discussion on nutrition, but also to really, really break open this discussion on awareness. You know, I've had a tricky relationship with food. You know, I think for the first 25 years of my life, I was pretty mindless about what I ate. You know, when we're, when we're young and we're living at home, our, our parents or whoever's looking after us, we, we pretty much just eat what they put in front of us. And we hope, or we trust that they're doing their best, um, to give us the, the nutrients that we need. Um, I think my parents did a fairly good job overall. I grew up healthy, uh, perhaps a bit heavy, but I also, um, I think through things that happened to me independently of food that my parents maybe could never have known or, or could not have connected the dots. Um, I definitely developed a certain addiction to overeating, to binge eating and to pleasuring myself with food. And, you know, before real mindfulness or real awareness of what I was eating, um, I of course began to, uh, use marijuana and, uh, All the things they say about marijuana and food are true. Food tastes (laughs) that much better when you're high. You get more creative with what you're making and you just, you you are going to eat more, I think, if you have a marijuana habit and and also (laughs) if you like eating and you're stoned, it's it's a recipe for for gaining weight. Um, Outside of that, I 
when I was in university, obviously there's some stress eating. There's the, uh, the drinking culture that goes along with, with studying. And you know, when you're drinking, you're, you're not sleeping as well. A lot of calories, uh, a lot, a lot of late night food. And then on top of that, I began weightlifting. I would definitely caution any young person who is getting into weightlifting. And I think you should, I think just about anybody should begin some form of resistance training, but of course, it is going to raise your appetite. It's going to, your body's going to need more uh, to, to repair those muscles and to, to recover. Be careful about what you're using to, to fill those calories. I was probably overdoing it on the carbohydrates and not getting the amount of protein that I needed. And uh, again, into my mid-20s, it was a time of, of mindless overeating. So it actually wasn't until I was maybe 25 years old or so when I was at uh, at an appointment with my psychologist and uh, we got into discussing how I was binge eating, you know, late at night after a stressful, uh, stressful night of work. I was at that time, actually, I was directing, producing, shooting, um, driving, uh, babysitting on a, on an indie film. It was my, my first movie that I ever made. It was a passion project for me. Um, and they were long, stressful nights and I would come home with all the leftover food and I would just, you know, go nuts. Um, and I, I guess on some level, I knew that this probably wasn't a great thing to be doing, but it was what I was doing to self-medicate. And I'm talking to my psychologist about this and he says, you know, and at that time it was corn chips, right? Tortilla chips that I was just eaten by the handful for, for hours on end, like really disgusting looking back at it. But he said, if you could see the pile of corn equal to the amount of corn chips you're eating, would you eat that? It's like, well, God, no. But when you're in that mode of, oh, I need to just feel good, I need to distract myself, you're going to just be throwing stuff into your, at least I was, throwing stuff into my body without any thought of really what it was or what it was doing as soon as it passed the mouth. So this is, again, this is where I struggle on this show because I don't know if I can tell you specifically how to become aware of the problems in your life. You know, in the case of nutrition, I had somebody raise my awareness for me, you know, my psychologist bluntly told me, you know, you, you wouldn't really eat that much food if you, if you weren't, you know, really thinking about it. And, you know, here I am 25 years old at this point, first really grappling with the fact that I'm not eating properly. So I guess I would just say, don't be afraid to have conversations with a coach, a psychologist, a trusted loved one, a partner in your life about what's going on. Of course, you have to filter it through yourself. And I, I really believe that your, um, your opinion and your beliefs about your own behavior have to come first. But don't be afraid to bounce ideas and bounce your problems off other people. And that's not something I've maybe said enough of on this show. Secondly, awareness, I, I do think, comes in time. We can't force it. You have to be patient. If there are things that maybe are occurring to you that might be a problem... You may not know the full brunt, the full scale of that problem for years. So as far as becoming aware, don't be afraid to talk to people and just be patient. You know, do the work you can do now, but don't force it and realize that a better life is coming in part through your patience. Because even though I began to become aware of my poor eating habits at 25, it was, it's been eight or nine years since then. And I, I, I'm still recognizing blind spots and uh, missteps in the way I was eating. But if you suspect that your nutrition is subpar, uh, if you as a grown adult or, or you as an adolescent um, looking after yourself can't feed yourself properly, that is a problem. But if it is a problem, likely there would be signs, right? Like, are you overweight? Are you obese? Are you underweight? Are you malnourished? Do you have, you know, 
skin problems, hair problems, hormonal problems. At some point, I, I really do think that if there are signs that we can point to, and we may not know the cause, but if there are things in our life that we know uh, are causing us pain, discomfort, shame, suffering, we can at some point at least look ourselves in the mirror and say, look, I look the way I look and I feel the way I feel because of the way I think. And if I'm not thinking about how I'm eating or whatever else I'm consuming or who I'm spending time with, it may be hard to initially put those, connect those two dots together. But if there are things that I'm mindlessly doing, if there's things that I do on autopilot and I'm having poor outcomes in some area of my life, could those two things be connected? And so when it comes to nutrition, if I'm not thinking about what I eat and I'm just driving it in four, five, six thousand calories a day, if I'm thinking about it too much and I'm, I'm undernourished and I'm starving myself, or if I'm perhaps not thinking about it the right way, like, like I later was doing when I was fasting for long periods and then binging and not getting the results I wanted, you know, we have to at least at some point, maybe this can be the kick in the ass or maybe it's coming for you to start thinking about what it is that you're doing, frankly. And so when it comes to nutrition or when it comes to physical outcomes, having goals might be useful. Do you want to look a certain way? Do you want to lose fat, build muscle, improve your skin? Uh, or is it is it a, a mental, psychological thing? You know, do you want to uh, have less brain fog, be sharper mentally, you know, uh, have a better mood, you know, work on anxiety, work on depression. So much of that can be tied to diet. So the desire to be something else or to become something else, you know, I've talked, that can be unhealthy. I've talked about how that's a form of negational thinking where we're focusing first on what we're not. But if you have goals, you know, if you have a vision for how your life can be, for how you can be, I see that as something quite different. And that can be useful in driving your awareness, right? Because it's very easy to see, this is where I'd like to be. I'm not there. What's it going to take to get me there? Obviously that gap requires an awareness of what is the difference and what's it going to take to, to get me where I want to be. So this pursuit of awareness and what that means, you know, that might be my burden to take on, on this show. What does it mean to become aware? How do we become aware? How can I help others become aware? Why did I become aware of certain things? Why am I still unaware of certain things in my life that are going to one day slap me in the face? That pursuit might be never ending for me, but I think when it comes to nutrition, let's or really when it comes to any form of consumption or anything that we do daily, anything that we do regularly, it's something that we do need to grapple with and come to understand over time. Probably it doesn't begin to come to fruition until adulthood. It'll take some time and it'll take repeated failings to fully grasp and to fully develop that awareness of what it is that we're hoping to become more aware of and hoping to improve. But I think when it comes to nutrition, or again, when it comes to a bad habit that you're working on, when it comes to negative thinking, when it comes to things that you are doing repetitively, it's always the right time to ask, am I doing the right thing for me right now? Am I eating the right way for me? And if there's a lack there, if the answer is no, the awareness process has begun, hasn't it? So when I was beginning to develop awareness about how I was eating around the age of 25, I first tried the slow carb diet, which was popularized by Tim Ferriss. And it just wasn't something I could sustain. I maybe stayed on it for six months. I did lose over 20 pounds, uh, but again, it, it wasn't sustainable and it it's really wasn't great for muscle building, at least the way I was doing it. I was, 
it just wasn't working, right? And, and we, we all have tried diets or many of us have all tried diets and it just, it just didn't work, right? So following the slow carb diet, I moved into intermittent fasting and intermittent fasting is something I still do to this day. I mean, technically the definition of intermittent fasting is a 16 hour period uh, without eating. I, I feel like many people could do that automatically. You know, if you were to stop eating at 7 p.m., you could next eat at 11 a.m. I think that's pretty reasonable for a lot of people. You know, but I sort of lost the plot a little bit with intermittent fasting. You know, I, I would fast 20 plus hours drinking black coffee and then uh, eat, a, eat a big meal, you know, in late afternoon, early evening, and then just be wiped for the rest of the day. And I persisted that way for five years. And it, it was only this month, in fact, that I realized that my dependency on coffee was driving me through these fasts probably too long. And then the caffeine crash along with the ingesting 1500 or 2000 calories in one shot would just wipe me out a lot of times, really affected my sleep, stagnated the fat loss. But again, I had my head in the sand. The awareness of how I'm eating has, even though it began at the age of 25, it continues to this very day. But I guess to finish off, I would simply say that all this awareness, all this thought about how I was eating, it came because I wanted it to. I had outcomes that I wanted. I had goals that I wanted. I had a certain amount of vanity that was driving the way I wanted to look. And I wanted to master how I ate because I knew on some level that I had issues with how I ate and it was a problem that I wanted to get under control. You have to want to become aware. That's first and foremost. You have to want to begin the conversation with yourself. You have to be willing to look yourself in the eye, in the mirror, shine light into the dark corners and begin a discussion with yourself. You know, so whether that's journaling, which I sure hope it is for you, if it's just speaking out loud to the universe, if it's meditation, if it's just deep thought, if it's prayer, whatever that looks like, you need to be willing, if you if you want to take the bull by the horns when it comes to awareness, to drive your life somewhere you know, to, to make yourself who you'd like to be, to at least explore the option of becoming a better version, to, to enjoying life more. It begins by not shying away from who you are and not, not being afraid to start conversations and ask yourself, what am I doing wrong here? Am I eating the wrong way? Could it be that I'm thinking about things all wrong here? You know, it is, it is scary to think that I had to tear down and rebuild how I ate numerous times. And I just did it again this week when I began uh, tracking my macros and my, uh, my calories. And that's something I'll talk about more in the next episode. But to think that we may have to tear down and rebuild ourselves in many ways over the course of our life is scary. But it takes courage, of course. But when you are running these tests on yourself, when you are making yourself the creation of yourself... Uh, there is no more rewarding thing to do. There is no more rewarding pursuit, at least not that I can see. There is nothing that gets us closer to better, closer to glory than to be always honing and crafting and coming to understand who we are. You know, the fact that I was over 30 years old when I finally connected the dots between my traumatic experience in childhood to how I used food as a medication, as a drug, as a distraction is testament to the fact that if anything awareness does come with patience talk to yourself don't be afraid to try things be willing to wait be willing to be patient be willing to fail be willing to tear down and rebuild because when you get there where you want to be it'll be all the more sweet 
when it finally hits. All right, so that's gonna do it for our breakdown of the three-step process. That was step number one, cultivating awareness. Let me know in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever. Thank you and always feel free to get in touch on Facebook. Let me know if this is working for you, if it makes sense, and let me know how you've cultivated awareness in your life as well. Until we speak again, please remember that better is possible.